0: All right, what up? Welcome back. Episode 8 of the Wide Right Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York, the Elite Sports Radio Network. Seems like it's another week, another loss for this team. Fifth, fifth consecutive loss for this New York Giants team. At this point, it's now it's looking to become looking to be another lost season for this organization. Um, What would be the third in a row? Uh, Giants are now ten and thirty-one since the start of the twenty seventeen season, which is the worst record. Um, The most amount of loss. The most number of losses in that time span, which is unreal. I mean, when you talk about a Browns team that literally went 0-16 back in 2017. I mean, that's unreal, the fact that the Giants have there's no no team has had more losses than the Giants since the start of the 2017 season. But I guess that's what happens when you're a dumpster fire for two and a half going on three years. So but we'll get into this last We're uh, recapping this last loss to the Cowboys, um, get into the news segment, as always, and then segue into the preview for the Battle of MetLife Stadium happening this Sunday. Um, Two of the worst teams in the NFL going head-to-head, New York Giants and New York Jets, so we'll discuss discuss that. Um, But I want to start with this, you know, it's one thing that first of all the Giants cannot compete within their own division they can't they can't expect to compete in this league nobody can expect them to compete to compete in this league if they can't compete within their own division six straight losses to the Cowboys four straight losses actually five straight losses to the Eagles when you consider the loss they had back in late 2016. So that means 11 straight losses to either the Cowboys or Eagles, which is pitiful. They will not compete in this league if they can't get past either of those two teams, which they haven't been able to since 2016. And the Giants aren't even competitive against them, really, at all. uh, Eagles somewhat, I mean, they... The last four Eagles games, they've lost by an average of eight points. So it's usually a one. On average, it's usually a one possession game. So they somewhat compete with them. But with the Cowboys, not at all. And you saw in this last game, too, on Monday night, the Cowboys won 37 to 18. We all know. We all saw the debacle. But if you look at all the major categories, the Cowboys have the Giants beat in essentially all of them. Third down efficiency, the Cowboys were 36.4% to the Giants 31.2%. Cowboys had more rushing yards, more passing yards, thus more total yards. They sacked Daniel Jones five times. The Giants sacked Dak Prescott. Zero. Once again, zero times. The Cowboys also won the turnover battle. Forced three turnovers. Giants only forced two. When you can't even compete... In any of the major categories, do not expect to win games. That's the issue with the Giants. It hardly in any of this, any of these losses, it's hardly oh, they looked like the better team on the field, but the score proved otherwise. It's never the case. It's always, oh yeah, it looks like the score backed up how both teams played on the field. The Giants obviously weren't the better team. It's every time. And it's every time against the Cowboys. The Giants cannot compete against Dallas, which leads to them not even competing at all in this league. They can't even get out of their own division. They can't even get past Dallas. Who lost to the Jets? Who lost to Miami? The Giants should absolutely, with the talent they have, Especially on the offensive side of the ball, and they don't even have their top receiver. They should be getting past a team like this. It's not like Dallas is just, Oh, it's it's Dallas. They're unbeaten. They were four and three heading into this game, and the Giants couldn't even compete with them. It was close in the beginning. Yeah, it was 12 to three Giants at one point, and then the Giants, of course, led up ten points in 52 seconds, and then it went all downhill from there. Defense doesn't know what it's doing. Secondary has no clue what's going on. The pass rush can't get to Dak Prescott at all. At all. In two games against the Dak Prescott and the Cowboys and Giants, have had no sacks in either game. Through two games, zero sacks, which is pitiful. It's partly why the secondary is struggling. I say every single week, it's partly why the secondary is struggling because his pass rush doesn't get to the quarterback or rarely gets to the quarterback. At least against the Cowboys, they haven't. DeAndre Baker doesn't even know the playbook either. Anybody hear that quote? DeAndre Baker, after the game, he was asked what he needs to improve on the most. He screwed up on that Amari Cooper touchdown in the fourth quarter. Everyone was playing man. He was playing zone. Amari Cooper was wide open in the middle of the field. Led to a score for the Cowboys in the fourth quarter. When asked what he... Baker needed to improve on at the, at the end of the game or after the game. The rookie corner, the first round draft pick said, just the plays and everything like that. The playbook, just knowing the plays, knowing what I need to do, knowing my assignment. Are you kidding me? I'm going to read that to you again, just so everyone gets a sense of what I said. Just the plays and everything like that. The playbook. Just knowing the plays, knowing what I need to do, knowing my assignment is the biggest thing he needs to improve on. So what that is telling us is that you have started nine games up to this point. You were drafted, what, 30th overall in the NFL draft out of Georgia, best cornerback in the nation last year while at Georgia. You come in, you're a starter right away. You start the first nine games of the year. And after week nine, after game nine, you still don't know the playbook? That is an embarrassment. Honestly, I think the Giants should play Sam Beal a lot this week. He's activated, finally, for the first time in whatever, I think. They should look to play Sam Beal more than they probably were going to look into it originally. Giants are probably going to be, probably play it by, I guess, day-to-day. See how he looks in practice, and then make a decision on whether or not he should get some playing time. I think the Giants should play him a lot more than they originally thought they would, because if DeAndre Baker doesn't know the playbook after nine games, then that's an embarrassment. Somebody has to. Somebody has to. Ease. Somebody has to know the playbook at this point. Maybe it's Sam Beal. Maybe put Corey Ballantine in. Maybe start Corey Ballantine over him. Put Grant Haley back at the starting slot corner spot. And then put Corey Ballantyne in DeAndre Baker's spot. Corey Ballantyne knows the playbook, I would hope. I would hope everyone knows the playbook after nine games. But apparently, the first-round draft pick doesn't. It's embarrassing. 10-31 since the start of 2017. That's what this organization has come to. And they've made so many changes since the beginning of 2017. New head coach, new GM. Drafted and changed quarterbacks. Drafted a sensational running back. Tried to improve the offensive line at least. Got rid of Eric Flowers. Drafted or traded away an outspoken wide receiver who caused quote unquote issues in the locker room. By the way, I, I hate that. I, I I hate that. I'm sure everyone in this locker room is great and they're they're you know they're quote unquote better than how Odell was in the locker room. Odell could catch balls and score touchdowns. We don't have we don't have an offense. Once again, we put up what 18 points. I mean, last last week, of course, they had an offense. They Daniel Jones do for four touchdowns. But it's, with the talent they have, this offense should be producing more. And they have it. it's not even daniel jones fault i've said before it's not daniel jones fault look at the play calling look at the decision making by shermer shermer should be gone if they lose this next game to the jets which we'll talk about soon shermer should be gone he should be canned done daniel jones was sacked 5 times that strip sack that led to the fumble return fumble recovery return for a touchdown at the end of the game for the cowboys um, Nate Solder was just beat to the outside on that, you know, high, we, Giants made him the highest paid offensive lineman in the entire league at one point for him to do that, which makes me ponder over the idea or ponder over the memory rather about how when the Giants signed Nate Solder. And made him the highest paid offensive lineman in the entire league at the time. I don't believe he still is. But highest paid offensive offensive lineman in the league at the time. There were so many Giant fans, me included, that didn't really look into how much they were truly paying him. What he'd done up to this point in his career. The type of player that the Giants were getting. Everybody was just nobody cared about that really. Everybody was just so excited that the Giants finally got a left tackle not named Eric Flowers. And then you, because that's all I don't. That's how bad Eric Flowers was. That's all I know. Anyone cared about. And then you start to look. They're making him the highest paid offensive lineman in the league, and he's never made a single Pro Bowl. He's never been selected to a single All Pro team. First round draft pick, mind you, but what, seven years ago? Eight years ago? Jamarcus Russell was also a first round draft pick. So was many other busts. First round draft pick doesn't mean, oh yeah, he's, you know, you should give him the, no. They shouldn't have given the money they gave him. And it's proving. Still, 19, right? 19 months later, 20 months later. What a disgrace. What an awful signing. One of the worst signings Gettleman has made is Nate Solder. Daniel Jones, 26 for 41 in this game. 210 yards, a touchdown, an interception, two lost fumbles. He now has 16 turnovers and seven starts. um, Or in eight games, rather. He had the fumble, the lost fumble in the first game against uh, the Cowboys where he didn't start. So now he has eight interceptions and eight lost fumbles on the year. I wouldn't worry about this. He'll learn as time goes on. He's still a rookie. You know, it's tough for a guy like uh, a rookie to come into this position uh, and start. You know, he started game three of his rookie year. So it's tough to be in the position that he's in right now, especially with this offensive line, especially with this bonehead decision-making and bonehead play calling. Doesn't have his top receiver. Didn't have his top running back for multiple weeks. Crazy the situation he's, he's in. And he's, what, 22 years old? Unreal. He also had a nice game talking it in and running it. I mean, that's good. Six rushes, 40, 54 yards. Um, I think Golden Tate had a, is a nice addition to this offense. Six receptions, 42 yards. He had that great one-ended catch in the second quarter that led to a Cody Latimer touchdown catch. Latimer had a nice game returning kicks, six returns, 181 yards. So there's talent, there's production, there's guys who can produce for this offense. Golden Tate, Daniel Jones can find his receivers. Just gotta hold on to the ball better. Evan Engram, six catches, 48 yards. Barkley, six catches, 67 yards. Didn't have a great game rushing the ball, running the ball. 14 carries, 28 yards. This team has weapons on the offensive end. It's the offensive line and the play calling that is screwing that over. And it's screwing all these potential. All these guys could have big games week in and week out. They have the potential to. And this offensive line and the Shermer and Pat Shermer's play calling is screwing them over. On the defensive side of the ball, I'll go back to that for a quick sec just before we segue into the news section of this podcast, is I'm gonna go insane if we keep talking about this game. Antoine Bethay, Jabril Peppers were the two leading tacklers. Peppers with twelve, Bethay with nine. Uh, this needs to stop. There's no way the majority of these plays should be getting to that end of the field. There's no way the play should be progressing that far to the point where it's getting to the safeties. The safeties should not be the two leading tacklers. Two leading tacklers should be linebackers or defensive linemen. Somewhere in the front seven should not be the two defensive backs. It's disappointing. It really is. I feel like every game, Peppers and Bethea are the two leading tacklers. The play should not be getting to where they're lined up initially. Should not be progressing that far deep into their their end. Should not be getting to the safeties at all. But, of course, it's the Giants' defense, and it's James Boettcher's defense, so... Obviously, that's what happens. All right. Going to segue into the news segment. Quick news. Um, only a couple things to talk about. Still don't know about Sterling Shepard. You know, he's missed the last four games. He's still in the co- concussion protocol. He was actually cleared for the Cowboy game, but his the symptoms returned this past weekend. Um, so they the Giants ultimately ruled him out. Uh... I mean, I don't know if he'll be back for the upcoming game against the Jets, hopefully, but it is a concussion, so you got to be extra cautious with stuff like that. Um, So we'll see later on in the week if he will return. And also Sam Beal, as I said before, activated from IR. Uh, we'll see if the Giants put him in this in the game this week against the Jets. Um, I think if he's ready to go, if they have some confidence in him, I think he should play. Uh, I mean, he can't do much worse than DeAndre Baker has. Um, I mean, am I wrong for saying that? Probably can't do much worse than he has at this point. So um, I think, you, but at the same time, it is Sam Beal's game, first game. Um, it'll be if he plays, it'll be his first snaps in an NFL game, regular season or preseason. You know, he missed his entire rookie year in 2018 with the shoulder injury. Uh, missed all the preseason and uh, regular season up to this point with the hamstring setback. So he's probably still very, you know, rusty. Uh, you, you don't really know what you're going to get out of him. So, but if the Giants feel confident in playing him, I mean, do it. I would. Can't do much worse than DeAndre Baker has at this point. Can't do much worse than the secondary has at this point. So, I think I would at least look to playing, putting Sam Beal in. I mean, at least give him some special teams reps. But as far as the secondary is concerned, it's still struggling up to this point. After nine games, it's still struggling. It still doesn't look like it's come together, really. So, I, I would try him out at a c- cornerback. I would try him out at DeAndre Baker's spot. But that's just me. You, you never know what they're going to do. Especially this, this defense. You never know what you're going to get out of them. Actually, you do. You're going to get terrible performances. And guys, you don't know the playbook after nine games. That's what you're going to get. So, it's up to them, obviously. But I would look into it. I would look at the Sam Bill playing a little bit. Alright. Let's talk about the Jets. Um. Obviously, they're coming off a loss to the Miami Dolphins. You know, what's great about being a Giants fan is that like, no matter how disgraceful the Giants are and how just how bad they are in so many different ways and on so many different ends of the field, you could always count on the Jets being a little bit worse. Every Every single year, it seems like. Always count on the Jets being a little bit worse. It's great. I don't have to have like an earful from Jet fans about how their team is doing better because they're not. I mean, this team lost to Miami, who's who's tanking. Miami is legitimately tanking and they couldn't they couldn't beat them. 26 to 18 they lost to Miami. I'm pretty sure that was the final score. 26 to 18. They couldn't get past them. Jets defense, 24th in the league. 263 passing yards allowed per game. Uh defense is 6th in the league in rushing with 89.2 rushing yards allowed per game. So if if it's going to be tough running the ball against this team, you need to spread the field and utilize Barkley, Saquon Barkley in the passing game as much as possible. Do what you can to maximize Bar- Barkley's talent and potential. I feel like I say that so I feel like I've said that so many times. Have him out in the slot and run slants. Have him run swing swing routes out of the backfield. Use him in the play-action pass. If it's going to be tough to run the ball against this team, which it has been for other teams, they're sixth in the league in in rushing defense, find other ways to utilize your top playmaker. Don't just shut Barkley out of the game plan. Use him in the passing game and use him effectively in the passing game. Maximize his potential. Maximize his talent. And then when you do that, it'll open up the run. Hit a couple play action. Use him out in the passing game. Tire this defense out. Then you can run the ball. Don't just shut them out of the offensive game plan just because they're 6th in the league in rushing defense. Not the way to go. Use them in any way you can. As far as the Jets offense is concerned, last with 157.2 passing yards per game as some franchise quarterback they have in Sam Darnold. Um, 30th with 66.2 rushing yards per game some star running back they have in Le'Veon. And... uh, Offensive line is 31st with 37 sacks allowed to eight games, which is 4.6 sacks allowed per game. Some pickup they've had in Ryan Khalil. Um, you know, despite Le'Veon, so Le'Veon Bell is obviously struggling this year. I mean, he's not on a great team. He's, he's He's been a leader, too. They actually have a lot of respect for Le'Veon Bell. Through the whole Jamal Adams situation, through all the losing, he's been a fantastic leader for this team. I actually have a ton of respect for Le'Veon Bell, and I don't even have respect for the Jets. Mostly because their fans every single year act like it's their year, even though they're going to go 3-13, and 4-12 every single year. This year's shaping up to be the same way. Giant fans, we at least know we're a dumpster fire and don't really have much confidence. At least we know what's about to happen. Jeff fans think it's every, their year every single year. You know, they're so excited about their new head coach that's probably going to get fired soon. So happy about their franchise quarterback. Oh, yeah, he's really playing well. Le'Veon Bell in an organization that is obviously in... Trouble, deep trouble has been acting like a legitimate leader. But going back to what I was going to say, Le'Veon Bell's production has obviously been low this year. 3.3 yards per carry, 59.9 rushing yards per game, 30.3 receiving yards per game. But he's still a great running back. He's still a very versatile back. If you shut him down, if you shut the running game down and you force this offense to throw it more than they originally planned to, Sam Darnold will screw up. He'll make, he will may even make this giant secondary look good, which we all know is rare. If you shut Le'Veon Bell down and you take him out of the game plan, if you take him out of the Jets game plan, and force the Jets to throw the ball more than they originally intended to, Sam Darnold will screw up. 100%. He's a young quarterback. He's going to make mistakes. You see, he hasn't played well. He's made mistakes this year alone, many of them. Force him to throw the ball. He'll make a mistake. And it's going to make the Giants secondary look that much better. Also, I say this a lot, rush him. Rush Sam Darnold. Rush the quarterback. This offensive line is one of the worst in the league. As I said before, 31st with 37 sacks allowed. 37 sacks. They allowed 10 to the Eagles, who aren't even in the playoff standings right now. They're in the hunt, but they're not a playoff team right now. If the season ended right now, the Eagles would not even be a playoff team. This Eagles team had 10 sacks against the Jeffs' offensive line. This offensive line is one of the worst in the NFL. If you pressure him, if you tire this offensive line out, if you stress and fluster this offensive line out and get to Sam Darnold, he'll make the, he'll make mistakes. That'll be a huge key to a Giants victory this weekend. If the Giants could force Darnold to make mistakes, force him to throw the ball early, throw the ball often, the secondary is going to look great for once. But the front seven has got to got to the front seven has to start the pressure. They have to start the chaos for the Jets. If the front seven and the pass rush starts the chaos for the Jets, the secondary will finish it. That's how it'll go. To be honest the Giants, as I said before, the Giants don't win this game, Pat Shermer's getting fired. At least in my opinion. If the Jets don't win this game, Gase may get fired. I don't know if I'm not sure if they would fire a coach in his first year. I mean, Hugh Jackson went what, one and fifteen and 0 16, and he didn't get fired. I mean, that's obviously the Browns are very dysfunctional of an or, or a very dysfunctional organization. But to be honest, what seem, the narrative seems the narrative seems like whoever loses this game, that coach is getting fired, which is kind of which is so funny to me that it happens to be a Giants Jets game. The first that only occurs once every four years. That the first time these teams are playing in f- four years, they whoever loses, that coach is probably going to get fired or may get fired. I think Shermer has a better chance to get fired if he loses this game than Gase does if he loses this game. But you never know. You never know in the NFL. You really don't. But in my opinion, I think Shermer will get fired if the Giants do not win this game. So we'll see how it happens. But all right, that's all we have for today. Um... as I usually don't do, but I will do it this week. I am endorsing a Giants win. I do not think the Jets have enough to even beat the Giants. I mean, if they couldn't beat Miami, I don't think they're beating the Giants. So I actually am endorsing a Giants win for this week. Um, They kick off Sunday at one o'clock PM Eastern time. It is a Jets home game at MetLife stadium, uh, which is cool. The Giants have nine games at MetLife this year. Um, so, next week. Um, so, the reason I recorded this on Wednesday of this week, obviously I like to wait two days after the game. Giants played Monday night, but next week um, I'll record and uh, the podcast will be out hopefully on Tuesday. Uh, we'll talk about. Um, it'll be a shorter one than usual. We'll talk about the recap of the Jets Giants game. Uh, we'll recap that game. Talk about news, and then the Giants actually have their bye week after that, so there's no game really to preview. Um, until the following week um, But I right. Talk to you guys. Thanks, you guys Thank you guys for listening Subscribe uh, to the Wide Right Podcast On Apple, Spotify, Stitcher Speaker, SoundCloud Wherever you get your podcast. It's there Follow me on Twitter At Ryan Honey E-S-N-Y um, And for that Thank you so much Talk to you guys next week